finest ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the vigilante 1939 podcast we are part of the let's go podcast network pop culture without the pop my name is exanic usually i would be joined by my fellow two co-hosts nico crusoe and his father nicholas crusoe jr but there is a lot of trouble in gotham city so thankfully we are here doing our world's finest episode that's right we're back we're still going strong with it we love doing this and joining me as always for these world's finest episodes he is the Batwoman to my Superman when it's not on hiatus from the Let's Go Podcast Network. I'm joined by Chris Evans. Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing ecstatic now, now that you're here with me as always. <laughs> I got to try to match your energy when you do the opening. It's not easy, man. It's not it's, easy. I'm going to try, though. I'm going to see what I can do next time, though. Not, not tonight. Next time. There you go. Well, you, you, you've been coming along rather nicely in these episodes, <laughs> might, might I say, Chris. You know, I do what I can. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, Chris, uh, this week we have an untraditional episode yet again. So, Superman and Lois has been on hiatus, whereas now Batwoman was taking a week, a week-long hiatus. So, we had two, we had two spots here to fill in the gaps for a show, and it wasn't one of them was was a no-brainer and what we wanted to talk about. So obviously the first thing that we're going to discuss is 2005's Batman Begins and we're going to be talking about 2013's Superman Unbound, which is a movie neither of us saw prior to doing this episode. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But we usually talk about Batman before we talk about Superman. So, in all fairness, Chris, I'm going to have you kick us off here. So Batman Begins came out in 2005. We were both obviously in two different very age groups. So you have a different <laughs> experience than I do. Uh, but I want to I want to hear your thoughts on why you love Batman Begins so much and how well does this, does this movie hold up for you? Uh, Batman Begins is my favorite Batman movie, period. I think it is, the, this is my opinion, but I think it is the best Batman film we've got. I love pretty much everything about it. It nails the character in a way that nothing else has. It shows every side of the character, I think. And the origin is what really sticks to you in this one. Because in a lot of these superhero movies, or comic book related stuff anyway, we, we have to watch Origins. It's just part of it. You know, we've seen Uncle Ben die several times. We've seen the Waynes murdered. Krypton has exploded, etc. We've seen these things over and over. But with Begins, the origin works so well that I don't care that I'm rewatching it. It doesn't bother me. I've rewatched this movie, I don't even know how many times, <laughs> but it never bothers me that I, I'm sitting through an origin. And it sets up the character of Bruce Wayne so well that I care just as much about Bruce Wayne as I do of when he's in the suit. To me, they're one and the same in this movie. And I, I just love that. Mm. It's a perfect Batman film. I completely agree with you, Chris. I am when I know you and I are in that same boat. I know gentlemen over at the Nerd Room podcast, Carlos are in that same boat where we happen to think that Batman Begins is the greatest Batman movie of all time. I've been on record in saying I like it over the Dark Knight. That kind of usually puts me in the danger zone whenever I say that. Uh, but I usually always have to preface saying that while the Dark Knight may be a better overall movie, in terms of pure Batman comic book movie, I think it's Batman Begins by Miles. Mm -hmm. uh, at least for me, I just love the look of this movie it's obviously christopher nolan it was peak christopher nolan it was 2005 the guy already you know he came out with memento we had movies like the prestige we had insomnia uh so 
I guess what always fascinates me about Batman Begins is just the state in which Batman was in prior to Batman Begins, right? I mean, yeah, that's a good 1997's point. 1997's Batman and Robin. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a stinker. It near, it killed <laughs> Batman. It, on, it, it literally like put Batman like in the freezer on film for Ooh. like ah see <laughs> that wasn't even intentional honestly <laughs> um but I mean it it like tarnished the Batman IP for like years I mean from like 1998 until uh 2005 you know we had no live action Batman movie on film it made them reshuffle their plans we were supposed to get a Batman Beyond live action movie which still breaks my heart to this day <laughs> and then Warner Brothers made the decision to kind of kick back and say, you know what? Nope, we're just going to reboot Batman again. We're going to give Christopher Nolan the keys to the kingdom. We're going to let him do it. We're going to let him do, do what he wants. And then uh, now here we are. And I just remember going to see that movie in the theater. God, I don't know how old I was. I was probably, I was in probably eight years old, maybe at the time. I oh, really? 2005. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I was 10. Take that back. Okay. I can do math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> math is I, fun. <laughs> yeah. Math is fun. Oh, so there'd be no math involved. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I was 10 years old when this movie came out. I remember going to see it in IMAX. My dad took me. Uh, I was just excited because it was the first live action Batman movie that I was going to see in the theater. I was wild up. My little Batman hoodie was on. I was ready to go. <laughs> and I walked out of the theater and I was like, I was amped. I was like, I was like, running around i was like jazz i was like this is it right here this is the stuff right here and obviously we're, we're gonna get to why that reason why because the ending of that movie just oh that's a that's a whole topic of itself man. that is a whole other topic of that's itself a, i could do a whole show on just that five minute scene <laughs> right? it's less than five minutes give me an hour <laughs> to talk about that five minutes <laughs> which we'll get there we'll get there um, but yeah, and then Chris, you hit the nail on the head too. I love origin stories too. They're one of my favorite. I know they can get a little redundant. They can get a little yeah. repetitive, but, and I know we've seen it m- multiple times with Batman already, but I love the way that Nolan just portrays the origin of Batman too in this movie. Cause for the first hour of the movie, there is no Batman. He's literally just a regular guy and you're getting the, you're getting into the psyche of what makes Batman, what he is, who mm-hmm. he is. So, and I think Christian Bale really just in this movie was like A1A in this movie. I think the cast is terrific. Uh, but I think, Chris, you made up a great point. And now the next question that I want to ask you before we get into some deeper stuff is, do you believe this is a definitive Batman story, at least origin story, maybe? I do. I do. I think that on film, you don't beat this origin. <laughs> I think the way that Nolan set it up, is beat for beat it it just hits you you know and it it grabs you and you don't you don't mind it and i think that's a big thing in these movies because like i could watch iron man one and the cave bothers me like i'm bored watching him sit in a cave for 40 minutes (laughs) i i'm not bored watching christian bale build a cowl Mm. or or you know hang around gotham it doesn't bother me i enjoy it and also you brought up a great point with christian bale he is bruce wayne to me yeah. he is batman he's that was a like one of those lightning in a bottle kind of cast choices yeah. you know he's up there with hugh jackman as wolverine again robert Downey jr's iron man bale was just perfect and a lot of this movie rides on his performance i think mm-hmm. had you had another actor i don't know if it would have hit the same because the story is great it is a definitive batman story and origin but you gotta give credit where it's due to the actors in this one mm. It's a great point that you bring up about Christian Bale because I'm somebody that wasn't too familiar with his filmography prior to Batman Begins. I'm somebody that, right now, he's one of my favorite working actors in Hollywood, just in general. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I think he's terrific. Mm -hmm. Outside of Batman, I think he's my favorite Batman of all time. Uh, But, I mean, it's just ironic that, you know, before Batman Begins, like, you know, this guy was in American Psycho. and Which is a great film. Which is an... (laughs) awesome movie if you haven't seen american psycho uh great movie great movie um he did little action stuff like equilibrium mm-hmm. uh we had the prestige which is Rain a movie fire. that came out after batman begins uh so it's just uh and obviously you know he was in like empire of the sun which is a movie a lot of people go go back to 
uh, with his films. So he's, I mean, the casting choice might have seemed a little out there for some, but I mean, watching Batman Begins, you understand what Nolan saw in this guy. And yes, it is a drum tight script. The script is terrific, but you you can't, you know, Batman's got to be believable. And I think Christian Bale was believable. Yeah. And if you look at the time, um, you know, WB, there, there's a lot of rumors and different reports that they didn't want Bale because he was a smaller actor. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted, um, I think one of the big names they kept throwing around was like Ashton Kutcher and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And I've also heard, um, who was the other one? Cillian Murphy was actually up for the wall. Yeah. Well, that was a Nolan choice, though. Yeah. That was, another, but there was another big name. I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, sure. Like, I can. <laughs> I don't think I can picture Ashton Kutcher in this role and take it seriously. Like I get that was WB saying marketing, you know, their marketing team, we need to sell tickets, put in that 70s show guy. He's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, let's not. And so you think of the what ifs on that front. It's like, okay, well, we got really, we got especially lucky with Christian Bale. I'm I'm now trying to think like, what what this movie could have like if Ashton Kutcher was Ashton, Batman? Ashton Kutcher is Bruce, and you keep Katie Holmes as Rachel. I don't think I want to see this movie anymore. I don't know. I don't know how that would look. Well, I, I mean, gee, I don't know. Would Mila Kunis be be Kate, Would be Rachel? That might have been worse. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I would have taken Jake Gyllenhaal though. Uh, no problem, so with Jake I. Gyllenhaal. So would I would have even picked him for Snyder's Batman. Yeah. Or Reeves at this point. I love Jake Jones. Same. But um yeah. Yeah, I think we got especially lucky with Christian Bale. I think I think I think we did too. Um but Chris, so as always when we when we review so we're not really reviewing these movies whenever, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about these movies and more like retrospectives, how the movie ages for you, you know, what you like about the movie. Would you respectfully change anything about the movie? Um, I think I want to get into a little bit of the criticisms of Batman Begins over the year now there haven't been much at least that i've seen i think for the most part this is mostly people's favorite batman movie or one of them at least one of them yeah um but there is like some consistencies like katie holmes does not work for a lot of people in the movie there is obviously the tone of the movie you know there's people think that it's too grounded um in the movie which is kind of ridiculous to me because it's batman (laughs) um but i can kind of get when people say it's too grounded i kind of get it but you know like the lack of batman for the first hour i've seen kind of rub some people in the long way so chris let's maybe talk about katie holmes is rachel dawes first because that's the one that i think a lot of people really really go to so what is i guess the question i want to ask you is did you have a problem with katie holmes in the movie and do you still do uh no i wouldn't say i have a problem with her i will say she's not my favorite thing about the movie but i don't really have a problem with her i i think the one of the again i don't want to say the word problem again but yeah one of the issues with her i suppose is that she's surrounded by top tier actors and no offense to katie holmes she's not a morgan freeman or a gary oldman christian she's not that level of acting quality you know mm. Uh, she's fine, in my opinion, for for you know an everyday role, but you're never going to hear Academy Award nominee Katie Holmes. Yeah. Again, no offense to her or her fans, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of what the problem is with people in her performance because they're expecting her to follow suit with what we're seeing, and she just not she can't. I think, mm-hmm. but I think she's fine for what she is in the movie. I completely agree with you. I'm somebody that, like, I don't hate Katie Holmes in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine in the movie. I think she serves her role in the movie, which is, you know, she's the love interest for Bruce Wayne. Every right. live-action Batman film has had it. You know, we've had Vicky Vale. We, you know, we've had Chase Meridian. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I never quite understand that, you know, people don't, because Katie Holmes shouldn't be in the movie, Batman Begins isn't the best Batman movie that it could be. I don't like that opinion at all i i think that it's even in animation we've always had a love interest for bruce wayne and to think that she has to be academy award-winning actress i don't quite get that i mean yeah so yeah um question sure would you have been 
fine if she would have been Rachel in the sequel? So that that's a great question that I've seen tossed around too. Uh, while Maggie Gyllenhaal, of course, was not my first choice for Rachel Dawes, I thought she did a great job in The Dark Knight. But I think theoretically, I would have loved to seen actually Katie Holmes come back for The Dark Knight because I think it. I think The Dark Knight works just as well if Katie Holmes is in a movie. I think it works just as well if she's not in the movie. How do you feel about that? For continuity's sake, I would have preferred that they keep Katie Holmes. Yeah, I agree with that. So, Chris, let's talk about one of the key aspects of the film now, the other criticism, which is the lack of Batman in this movie. Because obviously, you know, Christopher, this is a Christopher Nolan movie, so it's not. One should have expected that this wasn't going to be pure comic book batman for the whole way through you know it was obviously going to be a new a new take on batman's mythos uh was the lack of batman for the first hour or so kind of off-putting to you in the movie or did you not care i don't it really doesn't bother me because like i said earlier the origin is i find it interesting i like watching it Mm -hmm. and then you know once batman is on the scene he makes a pretty strong impact and the batman we do get is completely worth it in my opinion I, I like the what they do with him when he's on screen. Mm. And there's so many like cool looking shots in this movie. Yeah. Like how can you really be that upset? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't have any issue at all. And you know, it's the fact that when you don't when you're not asking yourself where's Batman and you're just enjoying the movie, that's when you know that you're in for a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm watching Batman Begins, I'm like Man, when's Batman going to show up? We're like an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. When's he going to pop up? I was like, man, this is some interesting stuff. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. just the origin of, like, Bruce Wayne, like, like even, like, with Rachel and his parents, like, I think the stuff of the message of, like, why do we fall I love is it. beautiful. I think, you know, when he discovers the cave, I think is terrific. And then, you know, then he contemplates, like, oh, do I kill the guy that killed my parents? Like, the fact that he actually brings a gun to the courtroom and he's literally like a finger away from actually going through it and somebody beats him literally to it. You know, it, it's crazy to think like, well, what happens if that guy wasn't there and his gunshot goes off, you know? So it's... That would have been crazy. a different movie. <laughs> it would have been a different movie, but... That's and then the Frank Miller version. Yeah, that's the Frank Miller's version. <laughs> um, but then, you know, and then it is like one of those things too that it's like from there, like you said, it's you go to the training sequence with, with Raz al Ghul, and then oh, you get yeah. Liam Neeson in the fold, and then it's just, uh, yeah. it's it's the spectacle from there. <laughs> the, the fun, because another criticism I've always heard about Begins is, why is it Ra's al Ghul or Raz? Why, however you want to pronounce it. You know, everybody's, everybody, the fun thing about Ra's is, everybody has their way to pronounce it. Yeah. I always pronounce it Raz until the movie. Right. <laughs> and now, like I've seen it since, I've heard it since his his race or Raj. So I don't, mm-hmm. I'm on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> the point good. I was making is one of the criticisms <laughs> that people that people bring up is why didn't they go with the name villain? I know we have a question or we have something we want to circle back to, but yeah, that, that's a big criticism too. Why do they use race and Scarecrow? You know, mm. and going into it, that was actually one of my criticisms. Like, why are we getting these two villains? Where's the big guys? Uh, how did you feel about that when you watched it? That's a great question that as I'm watching, I'm like, I never really thought of it at the time. I'm like, you know, like, where are the heavy hitters? I'm just <laughs> like, okay, so the Joker's not in this movie. The Riddler's not in this movie. Two-Face isn't in this movie. It's it's Wish or Raz. <laughs> ghoul. And it's Scarecrow. It's a ghoul. Yeah, it's a ghoul. Yeah, which... Scarecrow, I would argue, is probably a top-tier Batman, but I think a lot of people know Scarecrow. Now, granted, probably, you know, he wasn't in the 66 animated show, so for people that never, I guess, watched the animated series or read the comic books, probably don't pick up on that, you know, whereas us comic guys do. But I think it was a bold choice, though, to have Scarecrow essentially be, like, the pole to kind of get you in this Batman movie, right? Mm-hmm. I like it too. Like when I was watching it, I didn't mind them at all. Mm-hmm. It just going into like, why these guys? But after you watch it, you understand. Mm-hmm. They both serve a, a really strong purpose in this movie. It's mm. a great point. So I guess, Chris, now that you actually mentioned the villains, I think 
let's talk about the theoretical here. So, okay. Um, obviously, so Batman 89 has the, had the Joker at the forefront. Um, Batman Forever had Two-Face and the Riddler. Batman and Robin had Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Bane. So this movie does not have the Joker in it. And it's an, well, sorry. And it's an origin story. So, Chris, I guess the question I want to ask you is, now, and this is all theoretical at this point, because obviously Batman Begins is a great success. Uh, financially, it might not have been, but critically, it, it is by far. Um, do you think this movie works as well with the Joker, or do you think it doesn't work well without the Joker in it? Um, what do you think? I don't. I think if you would have added the Joker into this movie instead of the villains we got, or included with the villains we got, it, it if he was added with them, it would have been overstuffed. If he was the main villain. I don't think we would have gotten what we had with Bale's Bruce that we really needed in this one. I, I don't see a version of Batman Begins that is better with the Joker in it. I, I just don't think that would that would work out, especially the version that Nolan had in mind, mm-hmm. which I, I think might have required. I, I don't think there would have been time for an origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's a good point because I mean. I was under the the assumption that if we weren't going to see Joker in the first movie, he obviously would have been in the second or the third, assuming it was going to be a trilogy. But I think why I love Batman Begins so much is the movie doesn't rely on the Joker. Mm-hmm. Whereas now almost every movie kind of does, right? It's it's a no-brainer to use the Joker. Now, granted, we'll, we're really going to get that test in 2022, Chris, yet again. So, which is why, maybe. Oh well, gee, that would be pretty ironic if if (laughs) if the Joker's in the Batman and we have no clue about it yet. He may be. We'll see. (laughs) Um, in the ending, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. But I think it's it's why I love this movie so much. Is you know there is no Joker in this movie. It's really reliant on getting Batman to point A to point B. It's using a more obscure villain. It's using a, a villain from like an animated series, a villain that nobody's really heard of. You put Liam Neeson in there and he, and he works just as well. You throw a great actor like Cillian Murphy in there and he makes the villain so menacing that that just that scene when he puts the mask on for the first time. <laughs> now that actually terrified me. Not oh, really? Lie. That actually <laughs> terrified me when I was That's a little funny. kid. That kind of terrified me. As a little That's kid, it did. That's funny. I, I love that yeah. scene. Do you want to see my mask? Yeah. So great. Like his demeanor before that is so like calm and collected. Yeah. And then, then he's just like, I was about to say something like, we're PG rated. So he, he puts on the mask. <laughs> he's like the boogeyman or something. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then I, so it's a fair question to ask, I think, but I think the movie benefits more from Joker not being in this one because. I think the setup that would follow suit, I mean. I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, I, w- I would really, really wouldn't trade it, which we're going to get to. I'm going to muck it out just a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. But the next thing that I want to ask you, Chris, is another reason why I love Batman Begins, just the trilogy as a whole, is Hans Zimmer's score. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, out of this world. So my favorite score throughout this whole trilogy is the Molasses theme. Oh, that yeah. plays in that plays in Batman Begins. Chris, how do you feel about the score and the way that it's utilized just in this movie? This is a movie I pay attention to it the most because I think somehow it matters the most in this movie. Mm. I, I don't know why, but to me it feels like it's I don't want to say it's its own character, but it just it complements every scene. You know, it's mm-hmm. perfectly tailored to this film. And the molasses theme, especially, I I know everybody goes back to the Elfman theme as the best Batman theme. I kind of lean more toward Molasses because I, I don't even know if we're pronouncing it correctly, but I mm. lean more toward that one because it, it just, that's Batman to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just so riveting. I mean, it's like, you, here's what you do. If you ever want to get lost driving, you play that theme song and just find out where, where you end up at. You might, you might want to go flying on rooftops. You might not. <laughs> I was going to say, try not to land on any cop cars. Yeah, try not to they land on any cop like cars. That. Yeah, there you go. That'd probably be a wise choice. They don't uh, like it. 
but seeing like that scene still and it still gives me chills just like the way that it's played like when batman has to save rachel and you get the infamous rachel rachel (laughs) you get that in his mind but the whole build-up to that scene where like the cops are literally chasing him around gotham city chicago which is gotham city in my heart um (laughs) I think it's just the way that that score is playing throughout it and like that slow build up. I think it's terrific. I think it's, I think it was a great introduction. The guy's literally, he's flying on rooftops. He's doing, he's shooting like guardrails down. He's, it's just, I, it's like the, the one Batman score that I always go to. Cause it's just, it's so riveting. Would you say it goes to that more so than any other Batman film score? So that, like even a- the dark Knight. That's a great question because I I do think the one in a Dark Knight is really spectacular, but in terms of like the one that instantly just catches me, it's got to be the one in Batman Begins. Just and granted, I, I know you said it too. I mean, Danny Elfman's Batman score is always going to be iconic. It's always going to be virtue to the character, uh, but I just I think the Batman Begins score is just like it just gets you pumped. It's just you know, there, there you go. But I think before we talk about the ending of the movie, Chris, I want to ask you, do you have a favorite scene or scenes in Batman Begins? From start to finish. (laughs) Uh, Favorite scene. You can't say the whole movie and cop out on me. Damn it. Um, (laughs) I have a lot of favorite scenes. I actually really love the... um, that's the sword fight training thing between Bruce and Rachel on the ice. So good. That's a, and you know, the fun fact behind that is the cracks you hear in the ice were real. That that's, that always amazes me because Nolan shot it on location. So, you know, they were, that was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the actors just, they do their thing. It's amazing. Mm. I love that. I love the prison opening. Mm. I don't know why I love seeing Bruce beat the crap out of the prisoners <laughs> and that whole sequence. Yep. Um, his first time as Batman. Yeah. Uh, the swear to me scene is just classic. I remember seeing yeah. that. So uh, the first time I saw it was the night before at a midnight showing. Mm. And it was just my brother and one of our friends. And uh, the next night we went with another guy. And during the swear to me screen, scene, my friend looks at me. He says, why does he sound like that? It's like, what do you mean? He sounds scary. It's Batman. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorites. Mm. Uh the does it come in black scene oh the tumbler it's a classic yeah i love it um i mean i could keep going but i'm just gonna name every scene from the movie yeah right. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i love I batman mean, begins i mean it's hard to argue that like the training montage is just incredible the yeah. does it come in black that's classic this word of me line is just always going to be iconic and it's probably going to be the one thing that people <laughs> recognize with bell's batman which is fine i think it's great his voice uh, sounds the best in this one too I would agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though, Chris, is the uh, is the party scene, is the drunk Bruce oh, Wayne scene. Yeah. You two-face phonies, you sycophantic suck-ups. And the expression on his face is even different oh, than that one. I would have given him an Academy Award just for that scene. Wow. He's got yeah. one for me. If he ever calls me, he's got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, just through and through, I think it's just it's an it's just a great movie. Like you said, there's so many just outstanding visuals in this movie that at at the time it might have been like, oh man, Christopher Nolan's gonna tackle Batman. This is either a great thing or a bad thing, depending <laughs> on if you like Nolan. But I mean, you gotta argue that they gave that guy the keys to the kingdom and he hit it right out of the heart. He hit it right out of the park. So, but but Chris, the last thing, and we would be we missed if we did not talk about this thing is. The ending scene of Batman Begins, which is the infamous rooftop scene with Lieutenant by the end of this movie, Jim Gordon and uh, Batman. So obviously, you know, the threat is solved and then Batman goes to see Jim Gordon. We get the comic accurate uh, discussion between them. And this is where Jim Gordon introduces the calling card Hmm. to Batman. So, Chris, I'm going to have you kick this off. How did that ending scene just make you feel? Go. I'm getting excited just thinking about it right now. <laughs> like I'm kind of getting amped. Like, man, I think I need to watch that after we finish recording. I probably will because yeah. I, why not? I can watch <laughs> for the millionth time. Right. Um, <laughs> the Joker. So the Joker thing was was amazing, but it was actually spoiled for me. 
like the day before um a friend was like hey i heard that i don't know if this is true but i heard the ending has a joker card mm. like oh well yeah that maybe it does i mean that'd be cool i don't know i didn't really pay much attention to it right and then when i saw it, i was like oh damn it <laughs> <laughs> but i was so excited because that's such a cool moment that you don't see coming mm. you know and the way it's so subtle like they didn't make a big deal like the joker's coming just here's a card Mm-hmm. It was really, really cool. No, yeah. I think that was the best way to end that movie. Oh, same here, same here. It was, I think it was one of those things too, where it's like, even if we got no sequel to Batman Begins, mm-hmm. it's still like, you, you you still get wild up just just as equally, right? I mean, it's still, I still think it's a perfect Batman movie if he still teases the Joker and we don't get a sequel after that. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed <laughs> if we don't get like what we want to do next. But I mean, just if that's where we're ending Batman, I mean, like, that's great. Because I can create my own headcanon that, yeah, he goes up against the Joker and everything follows suit after that. But, I mean, that was when I was, like, running out of the theater. I was like, let's go. Let's go. I want to <laughs> fight somebody. I'm 10 years old. I want to run. Like, it's, you know, it's like he's going up against Joker. He's like, I'll look into it. It's like, you know, I never said thank you. You never have to. I'm like, are you kidding me? That, that whole scene is just beautiful. I want to use wow. the word beautiful for it because it yes. is. Oh, I, it, man. I, I think as a Batman fan, something that you you always want to see, well, I mean, I speak for myself, a Batman fan <laughs> that I always want to see is rooftop meetings because yep. I love those in the comics. They're, they're always cool to me. It's like, okay, it's like a meeting of the mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing that on film was just amazing to me. I loved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, to, to think that what follows up Batman Begins is the Dark Knight. I mean, just mm-hmm. you want a one-two punch. That's that's it right there. It'll knock you out. <laughs> It'll knock you out. Zinger. There you go. But I mean, through and through, I mean, I love Batman Begins. I'll watch it any day of the week. I'll watch it three days in one day, three times in one day. Yeah. What's that? I watch it with commercials and I have. Oh, despite yeah. owning the Blu-ray and DVD, which I've shown yep. you. <laughs> same, same. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, it and actually, it got me to read year one. Mm-hmm. Point and simple. It got me to read Frank Miller's year one. And I think it actually makes year one better for me. Hmm, that's interesting. So I actually think it obliterates year one. To me, to me, anyway, I, it's, for me, I feel like Nolan did the year one story better than Frank Miller did. So that's I kind of consider like begins to be the definitive year one version of Batman. Sure. That's that's kind of the way I see it. Got no argument on that one. So there you go. But that's going to be our retrospective on Batman Begins. Let us know if Batman Begins holds up for you. Does it not? Let us know what you think at Vigilante1999. Or you can tweet us at our personal handles at the end of the show. But, Chris, we can, we, when we do World's Finest, we can't ever talk about Batman without Superman. So... Unfortunately, Superman and Lois is still on hiatus, but we're almost there. Now that May is wrapping around the corner, we are almost there. Can't wait. We might just make Superman and Lois. It's our our block because it's going to be an event when it comes back. We don't know. We may do that. <laughs> yeah, we just may do that. Don't tempt us. <laughs> but in Superman and Lois's place, so we've been kind of going through the Superman periphery here of movies. And this week we have 2013 Superman Unbound, which is a movie that Chris and I had not seen prior to doing this show, which actually makes this conversation even more fun. So, Chris, I'm going to kick this one off to you. So this story is based on the 2008 Superman Brainiac comic by Jeff Johns. Uh, So essentially, you know, Superman's going up against Brainiac. We got Supergirl in this movie. And then we got Brainiac, of course. Uh, What did you think of Superman Unbound, Chris? I was... uh... Well, <laughs> I didn't uh, love it, but I can't say I hated it or anything like that. I, I think it's it's decent. It's decent. It does a lot of stuff that I liked. It does some stuff I didn't like. Mm. Um, I'm not a big fan of the way Superman and Clark are portrayed here, to be honest, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think overall, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, that's it's an interesting thing because we both kind of we were talking a little off air we both kind of had the same idea 
that you know it's not that we didn't want to see this movie because we didn't care i mean i think maybe i didn't even know that there was a superman unbound movie that came out i mean and then i would see like i see that brainiac's the villain and i'm like i'm interested because i think brainiac's a cool villain so i'll maybe i'll check it out and i'll see what it is um but i gotta agree with you it's i didn't hate the movie i didn't it didn't blow me away like also superman did or like uh well it's finest did um and any movies like that so uh but i think where i where i think i but before i jump in i do want to give a cool thing that i really liked in this movie i think supergirl in this movie is actually cool yes i, agree I was not too. expecting supergirl to have like the focus that she does because I know she's in like Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. I think that's the movie. I think she's in Public Enemy. So she's really been coming into the fold, I think, more as of late. Um, and obviously she's in the animated series, Superman the animated series, and she's great in Superman the animated series. But I wasn't really expecting this to be a Supergirl origin story on top of like a Brainiac origin story, Chris. Did you? I didn't know she was in it. Because mm. I um I have not read the book. Which is surprising because I've read a lot of Jeff Johns, but I guess I've never read Jeff Johns Superman. Mm. I don't think I have. Um, and this particular show, of course, like I said, I, I hadn't read it, and I had not watched any trailers for this because I, you know, I normally don't when we're doing something animated sure. or just most animated films. Mm-hmm. So I had really had no idea what this was going into it, other than it had Brainiac. So she was a nice surprise. I agree. I agree. And what did you? Um, so you mentioned there's some stuff about Superman that you didn't like in this movie. Let's circle back to that. And let's talk about the threat in this movie, which is uh Brainiac. Uh, did you, how did you feel about Brainiac's portrayal in this movie? Brainiac was awesome. I love the way the opening credits kind of show, uh, like not like an, an origin, but I guess the build of Brainiac, maybe. I don't, I don't know what you would call that sequence. Well, it's just made it true for you. Yes, that's what I was saying. Like, hey, I like this. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And I just like the way Brainiac was portrayed. It was very interesting. And it shows that this is a character we should be seeing on film at some point. Like, yeah. why not? Why do we just keep seeing Lex Luthor? Mm. Get Brainiac or another character because he is just, is just a big alien threat you can have some fun with. And he's an intelligent mm. villain on top of that. Yeah, that's it's a great point you bring. There's no Lex Luthor in this movie. Mm-mm. that's crazy not even a mention not even a mention so i think i think it was I, I thought brainiac was menacing in this movie i think the way that he looks i thought was cool i love the way i love how powerful they made him seem like where superman literally takes him down like several times in this movie and it's like a video game where he just keeps coming back <laughs> yeah because like you know there is no stopping brainiac um literally uh but I think it's, I thought it was really cool because it also kind of made him creepy in this movie. Like, he was creepy. Right? Like I, just I, seeing all those worlds in those movies mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> he was creepy and like the way he's designed in this one is kind of, it looks a little bit darker than I was expecting. Um, and just like the way he spoke, mm-hmm. it's like purposeful. Yeah, He wasn't chatty. For the most part mm. so anything anytime he did speak it was it was meaningful i, I like that a lot about him mm-hmm. yeah i've always been fascinated by the character of brainiac too he's always been one of my favorite superman villains i love him in the animated series just because it's when superman and brainiac always go toe-to-toe especially the first time mm-hmm. when superman goes toe-to-toe with brainiac it's so interesting that it's like he meets this almost god like world killer or something like that you know it's like Brainiac's literally MO is he destroys worlds. Like he takes worlds, he gathers all its information, and then he obliterates them. He's just you know? a collector, though. He likes to collect things. He likes to. I, like, I kind of like his style. Yeah, yeah. I like well, to collect he, stuff too. He's got a little more darker approach to it than uh, than we do, but you know. Yeah, he's not collecting Batman action figures, so I get it. It's <laughs> Not 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 uh, destroying world populations in the process, you know. Yeah, no, no. You're just ordering. I, I just order from sideshow. And I'm yeah, you know. At least when we do it, you know, we crush the hopes and dreams of other people that are looking for the same things <laughs> as we are. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we want to compare ourselves to Brainiac. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Betty is a scalper, I guess. Hey, look. All all I'm saying is, you know. 
when we're going looking for toys, somebody else is going out looking for toys, and it's fair game. All right, it's first come, first serve at this point. But do you think Brainiac says that too? <laughs> you lost, suck it up. Yes. <laughs> Oh man. All right, Chris. So let's let's circle back to Superman in this movie because we can't talk about Superman Unbound without talking about the main guy. I guess. I guess. Um, so he is voiced by Matt Bomber. Bomber? Bomber. Bomber. Who uh very, very cool for us right now is uh playing Negative Man in Doom Patrol mm-hmm. and he is absolutely terrific in that role. Uh, but talk to me about Superman in this movie because you said you had some qualms about the way that he's portrayed in this movie. I, I do. Um, he's a jerk. <laughs> like yeah. he is not friendly. He comes off as a complete and total jerk, and I didn't like that at all. <laughs> mm. Like he, I think in any Superman media that I've liked, he always has like a maybe a maybe sometimes he's a more stern. But this isn't even stern. Yeah. I don't like his attitude. He's mean spirited in some points. Mm. Like the thing with Steve's chair, I didn't <laughs> I didn't really like that. That didn't seem like a Clark thing to do. <laughs> like it's different when he ties up a like a 18 wheeler in a tree or whatever on a telephone pole. Yeah. He was protecting. That's different. <laughs> Here he was, I don't know, just jealous. Seemed careless. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. And then um his, just his attitude toward Lois, uh, toward Kara at points. Mm. I, I thought he was just a little too much of a jerk for me in this one. This is not the Superman that I like. Yeah, that that that's a fair that's a fair point because I mean I think the stuff with like Clark too. So obviously like you know it's he's not really a Superman starting off. He's more of like a veteran Superman. He's not mm-hmm. even in the opening frame. It's you see Supergirl, you don't see Superman. So it's kind of kind of leaves you to believe that Supergirl is going to be the focal point of the movie and Superman's kind of just there in a way, you know, kind of to help her out. Um, The stuff with Clark, I didn't like, actually. I didn't like the stuff with Clark, too. I think I don't mind when Superman and Lois or when Clark Kent and Lois Lane are together. I really don't. I actually prefer that, to be honest, because I know it it inevitably always happens. So I'm like, just do it. Like, you know, like. Stop doing all these movies where you got to build up to it. Just have them be together because everybody knows that. <laughs> so, but I'm like, he just comes off as like this jealous jerk. Like you said, like, I don't think Mike Clark Kent would literally like laser, like the guy on the wheels on a chair. So this guy can fall and potentially hurt himself. Cause we, we don't see what if that guy <laughs> broke his head. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. And I don't know about you, but like when he's Clark, there's no difference. Mm. You know, in every other version, Clark is like a different character, sort of. Right. And that wasn't the case here. He's still Superman, just now he's wearing glasses and a business suit. Right. Right. Like, yeah. And I mean, I can't figure not, this one out. Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, he's got to be the bumbling, mm-hmm. you know, introvert or whatever, you know, that's quiet or kind of little says these outlandish things i mean i think that's kind of an outdated notion that i think we can probably live without you know but i mean i don't know to to make him be like a jerk i think is not really an excuse superman should always be warm and welcoming and kind-hearted he should never reveal that he's that he's jealous you know superman's always this cool calm and collected guy he may not, he may not agree with decisions that people make but you know i don't know I don't know, Chris. Did you <laughs> even in even in All Star? Like there was points where he was clearly jealous in All Star, but it wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's just a different thing. I, I did not like, like I said, I did not like the the way the characters handled in this. I agree. So let's so speaking of like we're talking about like the characters. Let's talk about the way that they look in this movie and kind of the voice cast too, because I think. My memory serves me correctly. This is a Andre Romano or um, kind of voice directed led movie. So I think she does the voice direction in this movie. Um, but what what did you think of the overall aesthetic of the animation style, Chris? I like the animation a lot. I I am um, again, you know, like we said earlier, I didn't watch trailers or anything, so I thought this was one of those new fifty two verse movies. Mm. 
And so when it wasn't, I was relieved. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. good. And um, I was really into the art or the look of everything, except again, Superman. I did not like his look, you know? Something about him didn't, I don't know if it was the way the face was really narrow and angled. Yeah. He kind of had like the Joker's head on an action figure's body. <laughs> it just didn't I like work that. that. That's what it, I was saying. Like, it looks like the Joker's head. Um, it didn't really work for me. But the rest of it was really good looking. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the way that the characters look, the world, um, the art style, the way the action is handled. Yeah. Really nice stuff. And um, although I don't, particularly like the final fight that was really cool looking I, I love the way that was handled very mm-hmm. nice yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you on the animation style too i'm not somebody that's really all really picking on different animation styles i think it's cool you know you can sometimes you gotta switch it up you can't always have the same looking thing uh time to time but my main gripe is the way that superman looks in this movie kind of like you um on top of the way that he's kind of portrayed at certain points in the movie, I I don't know. I, I always kind of like, I love just the blue and red kind of looking Superman suit, you know, whereas this one, it's blue, but I don't know. It's like, I don't really like the aesthetic of it, you know? It's like, when I see Superman, I always think of like dark blue and red. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that, you know, that took me out of the movie, but I think like, you know, and his drawing, I'm like, Mr. Incredible over here. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, but I think the action, like you just said, was great in this movie. The stuff with Brainiac was incredible. I mean, when he's going, like, hand-in-hand hand with those robots, I mean, oh, yeah. it was was jarring. I mean, so, and then even, like, the world stuff, like, when he goes into Candor, I think I think that's some good stuff, too, where it's he literally needs them to kind of get out of the situation. And I thought that was kind of cool. Did you have any, uh, any thoughts on that stuff, Chris? The Kendor stuff. I liked it. I thought that was really um, smart, actually the way he figured out, okay, this is how I get out of this. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Um, the Kendor itself. Uh, I would have liked to spend a little bit more time there to see more of it. Cause it looked really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, I really, I thought that was a cool, thing to do too because i mean we've never really seen candor like explored really to be mm-hmm. quite honest i mean it was in smallville but it wasn't until like later later on like till season nine or ten i believe my memory uh, serves me correctly so when you're doing supergirl it's obviously a no-brainer you should explore candor and explore why brainiac is this threat that supergirl is scared of and that why she should be scared of why the world should be scared of Brainiac. So I thought that it was really, it was really cool, just in general. And I love Supergirl's introduction too, just in the movie. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. But just to go back to Kano for a second, one thing that I thought was also really interesting and that I liked was that Brainiac was making sure these people were fed and stuff, mm. which is not a, a trait you would think. Oh, this guy who's destroying all these worlds, he's feeding them too. Mm. Yeah, he wants them to live in these little bottles, or um, I guess they're like bottles, whatever. Mm-hmm. He wants he wants them to continue living, so I, I that's a really cool aspect of it. It's not just okay, you're gonna live in this jar and die in it. Mm. So. It's an interesting thing that he he plays the villain that wants you under his thumb, mm-hmm. that he knows that he needs you for something, so he kind of has to keep you satisfied. I guess you know keeps you going, keeps you going. Like don't give them too much, just give them like what they need. Don't mm-hmm. give them anything more. Um, you you like right, though that's it's it's this guy that goes on collecting worlds destroying them with you know yet he shows this inch of like sympathy they're pets yeah it's great it's a great thing so um but you also had mentioned too like right off the top that it's watching Boniac in this movie you're like man this is a guy that we should be seeing in live action right because mm-hmm. it's I feel like we you know we've done him so many times in animation Already at this point, yes, he was on the Krypton TV show, but I think it was only for a season. And from what I, I didn't see Krypton, so I can't attest to how great or not great he was, but I've heard great things about him. So I know that he's a character that can work. Um, but because I think the question I want to ask you now is because this is the character that we've seen so many times in animation, is this something where like 
if we see him in live action, now we can't really do his origin or it won't be as effective when we see him in a live action movie. I don't think we need his origin. I think it's cool to see it, but I don't know that we need it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think it'd be kind of better in a way if he just exists and pops up. Like a Superman movie is going on. Clark is maybe saving a cat or doing whatever Clark does. Mm-hmm. And then you just see that skull ship in the sky. I think that would just kill in a theater. Or at home, whatever you're going to watch it, who knows? Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Either way. It would just work. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's what the new J.J. Superman will be. We don't know. I mean, I think thought I read that maybe that's what J.J. Ames wanted to do in his Superman story was he wanted to do Brainiac. I don't remember. It's been a while. It's been Yeah, it's been a while. So, I mean... I think this too is like, you know, this is a villain that's long overdue, I think, on the big screen too. I mean, every time that he's been in these in this animated stuff, it's always been these this epic grand like loser die scenario, you know, or loser die. <laughs> Winner die scenario. I like lose or die. Because you can yeah. lose or you could just die. <laughs> yeah. Just um, give up. <laughs> just give up now. Um you know, like he's always like when he shows up, he's either going up against the Justice League or it's he's always has con- or he takes control over Superman's mind and mm-hmm. he turns Superman against the world. So it's it's so it's just I don't know. I think he's he's you can do so much with this villain on screen. And I think I, you know, it's like I don't want to see Darkseid again. I think we've been there, done that. Um Would it be what I mind to see? No, of course not. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't mind no. if bring him back. Um, but but I, I, I want to see like yeah. Parasite or Brainiac. But yeah, you know, kind of let's get into the rogues a little bit. You know, Man of Tomorrow attempted it with Parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let's, I know Superman's rogues isn't like as deep, but I mean, let's kind of, let's get a little deeper in there. You know, like we've seen Metallo, we've seen Parasite, you know. So, but yeah, um, Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on in Superman Unbound? Matt Bomer. I think Matt Bomer was really a great choice for the voice of Superman. I just wish he had a better version to work with. Mm. Um, Matt Bomer is an actor I would have cast as live action Superman or live action Bruce Wayne. I love Matt Bomer. I was a fan of his when he was on that show White Collar. Oh, yeah. Which was a, that was a pretty fun show. He was really good in it. Um, so it, I, I feel like he's wasted here in a way. You mm. know, and he he's like he was uh, Superman in I think it's Toyota commercials over in Japan. Mm. which is really fun if you watch him. Yeah. He has a full suit. I think it's the, the return suit, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that he's cool, but I wish he would have got more to work with. The ending. So I don't know how you felt about it, but I don't think it's communicated very well why Brainiac loses the fight. Mm. Because Brainiac is actually holding his own until Clark starts talking. Mm. It's like, so this only bothered you once someone told you it bothers you, you know? And, um, and you get that Breaking Bad fly. Yes. Look an ending here, Chris. <laughs> you, you get that. It, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, like in Man of Steel when Zod first starts hearing everything and losing Oh, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of, except it worked with Snyder's film. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it worked here. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's a good point too, because it's the fight is going so well too. I think it's well choreographed. I think it's you know, you I want super it. yeah, you want Superman to win, and then it's like it's I don't know. I think it's one of those two like it's like I go back to like Return of the Joker where Batman Beyond is trying to talk down to the Joker and he tries to drive him insane and it actually kind of works in a way mm-hmm. in that scenario. Whereas and that's when he literally drives Brainiac's system insane, I guess, to the point where he just hallucinated, hallucinates himself to death, I guess, in a way. So it's kind of <laughs> essentially so like malfunction. <laughs> yeah. So and then, you know, he, I don't know, he fly himself <laughs> that, you know, he sees like this fly that he can't get out of his head. It, it was weird, like for sure. Um, just because I think I mentioned it where it's like Superman literally like destroys him like five different times in this movie he does <laughs> he like comes back every time i'm like oh, okay what are we doing 
yeah, and like it makes sense. Okay, you can't beat him in the ship. Totally get that. Makes right. perfect He's sense. He's an AI. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad Clark finally understood that at the end. But at the same time, I, I think that they could have communicated why he lost a lot better. Mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't come across very well very well. It's like I don't know. I don't know how else they could have done it, but I just don't think this was the way. And it's a shame because the scene is really cool looking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Early early show that like yeah, Superman stops him, but then like it's, but did he really? You know, like that's the part of Brainiac that I always like. It's that you never really stop Brainiac. You know, it's always like the Terminator franchise is like you stop them in the day, but mm. you don't stop them, you know, for tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Well, there is the post credit scene. Yeah, that's true. There is that, which is yeah. fun to see in an animated film because we don't often get those. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. And he does look really Terminator like mm. at that point. Yeah, that yeah, that's it's very true. So, um, Chris, any other closing thoughts on Superman Unbound? No, um, I don't think this will be one I'll be revisiting. How about you? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, as a Superman fan, it was cool to have experienced another piece of Superman content. I'm not. It's not like I I wish that hour fifteen minutes never happened. I mean, I think it was it was a good time. <laughs> it was a Superman movie that I hadn't seen before, so it was exciting for me. And it's on HBO Max, so. If you have HBO Max and you're looking for some Superman stuff, I'd say give it a watch. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's like I said, it's an hour, fifteen minutes. You'll bleeze right through it. It's not, it's not an, a daunting watch. You know, it won't take up your whole night. So I think give it a shot. You may like it, you may not like it. It's got cool action, if nothing else. Absolutely, and especially for people that are looking for Supergirl content at the moment too, I'd say give it a shot too, because you know she's not in much, but I mean. She's definitely a character that dude they really want to utilize more. So she beats the shit out of a helicopter too. She does. She does. That's so. kind of worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, there were stuff that looks like where it looks very cinematic looking too. So it's um for sure. So and again, you know, Supergirl is incredible in the movie, so give it a watch. I mean, now like the more I think about it, the more I'm just excited to see to see Sasha Kaye. Mm-hmm. Coming to the fold of Supergirl, so I'm I'm excited. I think I think this was it was a fun time. It was a super piece of Superman content. Obviously, I want I want the the big gun to come back soon, which we're almost there, Chris. Um, almost, almost. Uh, what do we got? Like three more weeks now, I believe. R- roughly, by the time this hits podcast servers, it'll be about three weeks, roughly. There you go. So, got we got three more pieces of Superman content. Some milk out here, Chris. Um, we'll find something. We always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's exciting too. So it's I, I've already in and it's actually cool too, is that they've uh they actually released the first five episodes of Superman and Lois on HBO Max for everybody mm-hmm. to enjoy in its 4K quality that it oh, was is already, it? I thought it was 4K, or maybe maybe not. I mean it's it's shot beautifully regardless. Okay. So it's yeah. Uh, you watch it on HBO Max, it'll look beautiful regardless. So, um, but that's exciting too. So, hopefully, they keep that trend. I think that's a, I think that'd be a cool trend for them to do where it's CW first and then HBO Max kind of the next day or something like that. I can't wait till they put Batwoman on there in 4K. You're gonna love that, Chris. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Don't worry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you the season, the season DVD for you. Oh, that, that would be wonderful. I appreciate that. <laughs> That'd be swell. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be swell? You know? It'd be swell. I'm sure I'd get it for a nice uh, Clarence uh, Clarence buy, you know? Day one Clarence. Day one Clarence. <laughs> but there you go. Wow, I can't believe it. So we talked about Batman Begins, and we talked about Superman Unbound. Two good, good choices, I think, for this week, Chris. Two good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I think Batwoman will be back next week. So we'll be we'll be talking about Batwoman and then we will find another piece of Superman content to talk about. So but that is gonna about do it for this episode. But before we get on out of here, Chris, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you on social media and everything that you got going on over sure. at Let's Go Podcast. You can follow me at that Chris Evan Zero on Twitter. Uh, please give the Let's Go Podcast a follow as well. It's Let's Go Podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find all my comic reviews. I do a lot of the Gotham City-based things, so Batman, Detective Comics, Harley Quinn, stuff like that. 
Um, I also have the Let's Go Live show coming up this Saturday with my buddy Emmett David, uh, Davis. Sorry, <laughs> my buddy Emmett Davis. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a, a casual thing that we do where we just kind of chit chat on air with whoever likes it to join us that night. Mm-hmm. So please look for that. Nice. Nice. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Zeddy is. You guys can follow this show at Vigilante1939 over at Twitter. Uh, please do feel free to leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, it really does help the show uh, grow. And then this episode will come out before next week. So uh, we'll be doing a Q&A for our next episode. So if you're listening to this show and you want to ask us a question, tweet us out we will answer it on our podcast and we will give you a cool shout out for doing so we do have a t public store so if you want to go head over to t public get yourself some more merchandise the weather's getting warmer maybe get yourself a nice t-shirt uh support the show that would be much appreciated um and all my film and tv reviews that include the latest mortal Kombat movie and the falcon and winter soldier review uh will be found at letsgopodcast.com so I'm everywhere. I'm happy to be everywhere. And uh, until next time, Chris, thank you so much again for joining me. I can't wait to do this again next week. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a nice episode of Batwoman and another piece of (laughs) Superman content to dissect for everyone. So for Chris Evans, my name is Nick Zanik. As Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me.